everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. Hey, this is the EXO Podcast. We're coming back to you live. This is a great time to talk about marriage. It's a good day on the EXO Podcast. Hey, we love talking to you every week. This is the EXO Podcast. It's all about helping you thrive in life and in love. This ministry, Marriage Today, is all about helping people be successful in relationships. That's all we do every day is spend our time creating events, doing products and resources, and making sure couples have what they need to succeed in relationships. And today we have a special podcast for you as well. But hello, Facebook Live audience. We said hello earlier offline, but hey, welcome today. We're going to be answering some questions from the Facebook Live audience. So thanks for joining us. We, We always love to have everyone tune in. Teresa Thomas, welcome. Glad to be here. You lead the Operation Hope program at Marriage Today. I do. And you do a fantastic job. So thanks for being on the podcast today. And then Caitlin Edwards, as always, is part of the podcast (laughs) doing her thing. So great show today. We are talking today, we'll we'll be talking in the first segment uh, about some some random topics we're about to share uh, about. But in the third segment, we're going to be answering some questions uh, live from Facebook. Teresa's got Great answers for you. So whatever She's it is. She's the one to ask. So if you have questions, get them ready. Teresa's got good answers. No she, pressure. She meets with couples all the time. She knows every story probably out there. Mm-hmm. And you all have so many testimonies from couples that have gone through the Operation Hope program. We do. That have been rescued from the, the trials of marriage and almost uh, you know, on the divorce doorstep. One foot in the divorce attorney's office and one foot in our office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see a lot of those couples. It's good. Yeah. So we're talking about that. So get your uh, questions in the queue. We're going to be giving away some product today as well. Um, Happy Happy Love Book. We've got some EXO merchandise we'll be giving away. If we see your question come in and we ask it in the third segment coming up, we will be giving away that product to you. So we'll give you some more information about that. Okay, so first of all, I want to talk about famous events that have happened on this day in history. Okay, and this is all going to lead to something. It's all very right. important. <laughs> so famous things that have happened in history on this day. In 1854, the Republican Party was founded on March 20th. March 20th. 1854. Yeah. Yeah. In 1861, Willie and Tad Lincoln got the measles. For some reason, Abraham Lincoln's kids were in the news on this day in 1861 because they got the measles. Mm. Big deal. In 1982, Joan Jett tops the pop charts with I Love Rock and Roll. Forever to be lived on in Guitar Hero history. History. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on this day, that happened. Mm-hmm. And then some famous weddings. In 1969, Beatle John Lennon marries Yoko Ono. Mm. 1970, singer David Bowie met, married model Angie Bowie. In 1976, uh, rocker Alice Cooper wed his choreographer Cheryl Goddard. It's a really mm. big music anniversary date. Yeah. yeah. It's the first day of spring, by the way. Oh, yay. And then 1998, Brent Evans married Stephanie Stambaugh in Amarillo, Texas. Yay. So, and the world was ago, never the same. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was preparing to wed my beautiful wife, who's homesick with the flu. Hi, Stephanie. Oh, uh, hi she was Stephanie. actually going to try to be on the podcast today. So, oh. yep, celebrating 20 years of marriage. So, the 20th, that happens with so many things in your life. Your birthday, right? You, 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 these days come around mm-hmm. and they're so important to you. March yes. 20th is an important day in my life because. Um, it's your golden ago. anniversary. That is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty years on the twentieth. That's, That's right. true. Yeah, all That's that. true. It's a big one. Yeah. Everybody tried to get married in the aughts. They were like seven, 01, seven, 01, 01. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. All right. So we're celebrating some things today. So saying 
happy anniversary to those out, out there that are celebrating anniversary uh, today. The first day of spring is always a popular one. Uh, a lot of people get married in June, so mm-hmm. it's exciting to celebrate marriage. So now that I'm 40 years old and I've been married for 20, 20 years, years, I feel like I have some type of authority for something in my life. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can honestly tell you, like, for, for example, for our marriage, uh, I was sick for two weeks, and now Stephanie's sick, and our kids, two of our kids have been sick. Mm. So our celebration <laughs> is a lot of doctor <laughs> visits. <laughs> So that's reality. That's that's real life when it comes to uh, to marriage. And, that's and so um, true. You know, so many times you think about these these you know people who have marriages, and they're just always on all the time. This is not true. I mean, there's there's just life that happens. Mm-hmm. And I would say that for 20 years of marriage, we have definitely seen ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And uh, not not every season is perfect. Nope. We're in a kind of a good season right now. We're really enjoying life, and and I, I think that's good. But we've gone through seasons of vivid, uh, not infidelity, I'm sorry, infertility. Infertility. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> infertility. Yeah. Uh, and that was a very strong, you know, mm-hmm. um, we had to really figure some things out during yeah. that. Yes. And then, you know, we've had some, just some challenging seasons where, you know, in new newness or trying to figure out how in different seasons we can relate with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. But overall, you know, you get to 20 years and we have so much more intimacy now than we did and I was so young and dumb mm-hmm. uh, back when I got married so anyway how long have you, you and Jim been married in May it'll be 33 years wow, wow. yeah yeah it's been a, a great ride but the same thing it's uh it's all broken up in seasons and that's how we can manage marriage if you will just being able to understand that it, when you're in a low season understand it it will pass mm-hmm. and then enjoy the high seasons yeah it's good, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. what about you guys you've been married for it'll be six years in october yeah i was at your wedding you were that. uh-huh. a great wedding it goes by fast though it feels like we just got married now mm-hmm. it's two kids later and yeah life just goes fast mm-hmm. Absolutely. yeah with twins especially y'all have mm-hmm. so much work to do yes is the seven year itch a thing for y'all not you yet see it not yet. I, I do understand how these major life events can either make or break you. Yes. You know, introducing children into the mix completely changes your dynamic, mm-hmm. turns your world upside down. I think you can either come together or pull apart during those seasons. Yes. We've come together, which has been awesome. We're more of a team. But you see how those life events can really either send you one way or the other. Yeah, Absolutely. I remember our seven-year Jim uh, got called to Desert Storm. He was a, a pilot in the Air National Guard, and it was a really tough time for us because he was gone for nine months. Oh, my wow. gosh. Yeah, so, but it ended up being a blessing as well because it, when he came back, there was just this renewing and refreshing of our marriage. So it's good, too. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, the military families have so much more strain on their marriage, you know, so the celebration t- moments are so much more important because... You know, uh, being away for so long, that's a big deal. Yes. Okay, good. Well, so Facebook Live, if you have some questions for Teresa, please put those in the queue. We are going to be talking with Caitlin after the break about some studies that she found uh, Mm -hmm. that's really important for date night. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's a story you may be somewhat familiar about with uh, Jacob and Rachel. Uh, Jacob met Rachel, and he's like, ooh, la, la, oh, thank you, God. Praise the Lord in heaven on high. This girl's amazing. I want to marry this girl. And so Jacob approached her father, Laban, and said, hey, I want to marry this girl. There's a little thing going on that he didn't quite understand. Rachel was actually the younger sister, and she had an older sister named Leah. Now, I want to tell you something that's in the Bible you may never have seen before. 
but it is funnier than I can even describe. This is in your Bible. It is so funny. You should read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, you should read your Bible. Not only will it change your life, it'll also make you laugh. Let me just quote to you what the inspired living word of God says about these two sisters. This is what God's word says. Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Leah had weak eyes. That's a Bible right there. That's God telling the truth. Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Leah had weak eyes. In in the Hebrew language, what that means is that Rachel was smoking hot and Leah had a really good personality. (laughs) That's what it means. (laughs) It's in your Bible. You should read your Bible. So Jacob says, I want curvy girl. And Laban says, work for me for seven years. And so this guy's so in love, the brother just gets to work, seven years passes like overnight, and he's ready to get married to curvy girl. Then Laban pulls a switcheroo and gives him four eyes. That's what he does. He says, in our culture, yeah, you're supposed to marry the older one. And so here she is. He's like, no, 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 that's, that's like personality. I want a body girl, you know? And so, so what most people think is most people think that, that the dad said, you have to work another seven years and then you can marry um, Rachel. But if you'll read the text carefully, what the father does is he actually gives Rachel to him at that point. And then, what I love about this is then he had to work another seven years after he already had her. What I love about this is that Jacob continued to work for his bride after he already had her. He continued to work for her after he already had her. I will continue. I will always pursue my two. What happens? Why is it that we have such good intentions, but over time we end up falling short, lacking, not following through, planning to have this marriage that really honors God and makes a difference, but one day we end up going, what in the world am I gonna do with the rest of my life? I'm stuck here, it's a prison, maybe I should get out. Nobody plans on getting divorced. Nobody plans on splitting up the kids and just seeing them on the weekends. Nobody plans on fighting it out and just in having this horrible, devastating relationship, yet it happens over and over and over again because we let good intentions lapse and do not convert them into actions. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We've been talking about anniversaries, date nights, other ways we can celebrate our marriages. And if on the EXO Podcast, we haven't made enough of a case for having a weekly date night, I found a real scientific study that proves that it will improve your marriage. We know that this to be true, but if you've been on the fence about having a weekly date night or you haven't been making it a priority, this study shows that it will really make a difference. This was a study done by the National Marriage Project. They're a group out of Rutgers University, Mm -hmm. um, and they did this whole study called the Date Night Opportunity, where they researched um, couples that did weekly date nights, took all of these surveys and gathered this data. And some of the great benefits that they found, I felt like were really important. 
One of them is that they found that couples who had a new baby but had a weekly date night were half as likely to have their marriage quality decline over time which I thought was interesting, especially when you have a new baby. Yes. I've just come out of this season. My mm-hmm. girls are almost a year old. It's hard to have a weekly date night when yes. your baby's new in mm-hmm. the house. It's hard to find sitters. It's hard to find people you trust, trust, especially if you don't live around family. Yes. But in that first year, it's so important to make that weekly date night a priority, even if it's just for an hour getting out of the house or going to have a coffee. Yes. So I thought that was really good. They also said that couples were more likely to have higher quality relationships and lower divorce rates than those who didn't when they had a weekly date night. Mm -hmm. So those divorce rates go down when you date your spouse. They also found that couples who had a date night once a week were 3.5 times more likely to be very happy in their marriage. On these surveys, they they noted that they were very happy. I thought this was really interesting. Wives who had date nights less than once a week were four times more likely to be divorce prone. And husbands were two and a half times more likely mm. to be divorce prone. I guess that weekly date night, just really that point of connection. Yes. And maybe most importantly of all, this study found that date nights increased sexual satisfaction, that wives were three and a half times more likely to enjoy above average sexual, sexual satisfaction than wives without a weekly date night. And husbands were 3.3 times more likely mm. to be more satisfied. Mm. That's awesome. That's good. Wow. So if you need some a boost in your marriage yes. go on a weekly date and how i mean you don't have to twist my arm to go on a date that's like a fun <laughs> thing to do it's right, not right. even you know that's not a hard thing it might be to find a sitter but going on a date is a really fun way to improve your marriage and you, you know there's there's so many ways to define a date as well i remember um young and having our son at a young age too and mm-hmm. when we couldn't find a sitter after we would fit him to bed, we would set up a date night in our master bedroom and have yes. dinner in there and treat it like as if we were on a date in yes. a, a restaurant. And but just be creative. so interesting that you say that because a specific point of this study said that they considered a date, even if it was still in the home, as yes. long as it was uninterrupted face-to-face time without electronics in the room or screens in the room, that mm-hmm. that was considered a quality date. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. Directing your energy towards your spouse you know, on a regular basis, I feel like it's part of that. You know, just I think for women, you talk about sexual satisfaction. Uh, I believe that you know when women see their husbands pursuing them mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis, that brings in their mind some type of an, uh, an environment for romance, right. as opposed to just like checking it off a list mm-hmm. and making it a part of that. So the date night gives an opportunity for a man to showcase, "Hey, I'm thinking about you. I want to do something together. Right. Yes. That's not just sitting on a couch doing nothing. Huge. And it's a habit you have to get into. And my, and my wife and I, we were very diligent with it for so many years. And I would say in the last four years, mm-hmm. because of, it was our third child that we had, <laughs> that just we had a Thursday night date night every yeah. week. Mm-hmm. And we were dil- disciplined with it. But for some reason, when the third <laughs> child happened, it just sent everything in a, mm-hmm. in a whirlwind, mm-hmm. and it became harder and harder to have that. And we would sort of, because we were tired or because we were just busy, uh, make concessions to say, hey, let's yeah. just do something like at the mm-hmm. house tonight that's mm-hmm. a little bit... Yeah, order in. Order in. Yep. And, and then you just kind of get to a situation where you're like, we really don't have date nights anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of getting back to the, you know, purposefully having a time together. It doesn't have to be a big orchestration. I think that's mm-hmm. what some guys struggle with is they feel like, it has to be like roses and Mm-mm. big dinner and mm-hmm. candlelight. A lot of times it's just, let's go on a walk together. Yes. And in that walk, let's have some quality time together where we're t- talking about mm-hmm. issues, relationship goals, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And the habit of that, you can't see it every date night, but every date night builds and builds and builds to where you have this 
uh, stronger relationship and you don't even know it. It's like right, looking right. out. It's, well, even when you were talking about um, how you got in that season with the third child, it's important to at least communicate, hey, we both know that this, th- this third child has kind of come in and caused the, the not disruption, but just mm-hmm. being able to manage our schedules differently. And as long as you're openly talking about, I know we've not been doing date nights on Thursday, but just so you know, I miss you or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. instead of just letting the time it. go by mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, it's been a month or two and we've not spent any time together. Yeah. Right. yeah. It takes a while to develop habits. And then mm-hmm. once you change those habits, yes. you know, and once you have to develop bad habits sometimes, it is so difficult to get those to get resolved. back out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it takes, uh, I heard somebody say it takes 21 days to develop a good habit. And, uh, you know, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to read a book, uh, a little bit of a book every day. Mm-hmm. It takes 21 days to become a habit of that, like waking mm-hmm. up, reading something, right, um, or exercising, whatever it is. And but the bad habits are the ones that are hard to break. So. Right. <laughs> anyway, good study. Yeah, it's helpful. And there's no mm-hmm. excuses nowadays because there's so many resources out there for help with date nights. In fact, our Happy Happy Love book that we have is full of date night ideas. We uh, we my, actually my wife and I put this together because it's a we call it the gateway drug of marriage because it's really <laughs> yes. easy to read there's no there's no um barrier to it it really is just a lot of tips and and things you can take away quotes and everything that help to generate some love and some emotions with your spouse but mm-hmm. there's and books like this too. uh date yeah. night inbox is one group that has you know date date box stuff mm-hmm. and we've talked about th- that kind of stuff on the show before yeah ways to get creative ways yep. to get creative mm-hmm. there's no excuses anymore mm. uh, laziness is a thing relationships to overcome that and uh, to be able to do something together on a weekly basis really will change your marriage Mm -hmm. and your relationship. So I encourage you to do that. Good job, Caitlin, on the the article and the study. Hey, Facebook Live, next segment, we're going to be answering your questions. Put them in the queue. We've been been seeing some shout outs here. I saw somebody from Miami, Florida. Oh, hey, Miami. Uh, Come see us in Jacksonville at the EXO Conference. Mm -hmm. Um, Hello from Jacksonville. Rafa and Francis just celebrated 22 years of marriage on the 16th. Oh, congratulations. Oh, good. Wow. And uh, Trudy says uh, hello from Houston, Texas. So we're coming to Houston, too, Mm -hmm. later in uh, April. So thanks, guys, for watching. We'll be right back with uh, EXO Podcast and Teresa Thomas, who's our coach, head coach here at the Operation Hope at Marriage Today. She'll be answering questions. And we'll be right back. Watch this clip. Ladies, for you, could I just encourage you to pursue him with words of affirmation? With words of affirmation. Because I hate to admit it, but we as men are so incredibly insecure. Uh, why are you laughing at that? Okay, I don't, I'm not quite sure. But we are, like, you don't have to tell us that. You know, we, 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 we are so insecure and we want so much to know that you believe in us. And here's what I hope you'll understand, ladies, is in so many ways, he is becoming what you see in him. If you don't like him, it's really, really hard for him to exceed those expectations because you know him better than anybody else. What I need from Amy, you have no idea how much her affirmation means to me. Um, when I preach, she's always with me on Saturday nights um, when, when I preach, and I, mean, I don't care what anybody thinks. When I'm done preaching and I go sit down by her, she leans over to me week over week and she goes, that 
was amazing. I told you last week was the best ever. This was the best ever. That was a home run. Oh my gosh, listen, I don't care if you all call me a heretic, if you hate me. When my girl says I did good, it does something in me. Every now and then she'll forget to say something. And so I'll be sitting there at the end of the service and be like, What's he doing? You, you, you got any feelings, opinions, think anything? Anything amazing in your life? Did God just move in a massive way? Is your life different by the glory of God through your husband who just proclaimed the word of God? You know, whatever. And so, is, I, I, we need that so, 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 so much. Ladies, please do not tell him what he's not. When you tell him what he's not, it robs him of the confidence to become who you want him to be and who God is calling him to be. And I want to promise you this. If you are trash talking him to your girlfriends, he can feel it. He may never hear it, but it comes out in your attitude toward him. And he has such a difficult time exceeding what you think about him. In fact, if I can just speak for just a moment from a pastor's standpoint, um, 27 years uh, in, in pastoral ministry, one of the biggest complaints that I hear from women about their husbands is, he's not the spiritual leader. He's not the spiritual leader. And this is not to say that many times you're absolutely right that there is an unspiritual, often even an unregenerate man who is not um, submitting in any way to the Holy Spirit or leading you. And so I don't want to take away from that. But more often than not, what we have is a woman saying he's not spiritual because he's not Beth Moore. And let me just set you free right now. He ain't never going to be Beth Moore. Ever, 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 ever. Okay? It, he will probably not want to have two-hour prayer sessions, and he may not ever want to dive deep into God's Word, but that doesn't mean there are not ways that he imparts spiritual life into your family that you can embrace, and when you celebrate it, suddenly he might become more spiritual in other ways. What I want to just do is encourage you, don't tell him what he's not, because if you tell him what he's not, he's going to take his ball and go home, because if he can't win, he doesn't want to play. Tell him what he is. If he does anything that moves you in the direction toward God, celebrate it. He says, hey, let's go to church today. Let me, no, I'm serious. He says, let's go to church today. You tell him, whenever you said, let's go to church today. I felt so close to you. I don't think you've ever been more handsome than when you said, let's go to church today. <laughs> Next week, let's go to church today. Let's go to church today. He, well, he's not a prayer warrior. Listen, if he ever prays, ever prays, his Thanksgiving meal, and he gets stuck with the prayer, and he doesn't know how to pray, and he's like, um, God's great. God's good. Thank you for this food, amen. You know, you come up to him afterwards when everybody else is there and said, when you said that prayer. <laughs> lean over and just say, I liked it. Then put your tongue in his ear and smile. <laughs> that man will pray down heaven next time Thanksgiving comes around. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the clip uh, that we just watched. And we have so many EXO conferences that we do. And some of the clips from, from the podcast that we show you are from our conferences. If you want to join us, see Jimmy Evans live, you can join us in Jacksonville, Florida, 
Uh, next month, we have an event in Jacksonville, Florida, Celebration Church. Stovall Williams is a pastor there. He's awesome. And they have a great church there. And then we're also going to Grace Church in Houston right after that, the weekend after. It's back-to-back weekends of XO at Grace Church there. Garrett Booth and Andrea Booth there. They're awesome pastors as well, and they have a great church there. Please join us. Go to exomarriage.com, and you can check it out. But right now, we're going to be answering some questions from Facebook. Facebook Live audience, hello. We have enjoyed being with you today on the podcast. We've got Teresa Thomas, expert extraordinaire, Operation Coach, uh, Operation Hope Coach here at Marriage Today. She leads the team there, meets with so many couples on a weekly basis, helping them to resolve. And it's not just like a counseling session. It's a traditional role of counseling, right. a one-hour deal. You guys sit for hours and hours with we couples, do. kind of taking it all apart mm-hmm. and then putting it back together. Yes. And I would say that um, I've heard repeatedly just everyone that goes through that process seeing the praises of you and Pam uh, and what y'all do and the rest of the team there at Operation Hope. So talk just a minute about Operation Hope and give our audience a little bit more of a detail of what it looks like, how they can get involved with it, who's it for, okay. and that sort of thing. Well, we um, um, thank you, Brent. We have three different programs. Um, we're just introducing a new one called Coaches on Call for couples that obviously are out of state or mm-hmm. just need immediate help if they're in crisis. So they'll have access to a coach and be able to talk up to 50 minutes on the phone with them and just walking through their crisis awesome. and getting some great um, advice on what to do next. It's good. Um, then we also have a 90-minute Skype or in-person session that – um, it's really more of a marriage strengthening, especially if a couple is just getting stuck on that one issue and they've just not been able to overcome that one struggle. Then we utilize Marriage Today resources and help couples conquer their struggle, mm-hmm. conquer the conflict. It's good. Yeah. And then thirdly is our marriage mediation. It's more of an intensive program where couples come and spend the whole day with us. And like you said, Brent, we start from the very beginning and just hear each of their the perspectives on um, – how they think they got to where they are today from each each other's point of view. Um, we give them time to do that. And then also being able to um, shine the light on lies they've been believing about themselves, about each other, and about marriage in general, understanding the, the warfare over their marriage and being able to shine his truth, obviously, on what to do next. How, how has it gotten to this place? And then how do we put it back together? And we really want to be able to give couples tangible tools to take away um, but not only to take away, but to be able to actually experience that while they're with us in the session and being mm-hmm. able to take their primary issues yeah. and apply those tools so they can experience what that's like good. to have restoration. Yeah. Where do, where do people go for more information? Go to marriagetoday.com slash Operation Hope. Good. Yep. Hope you check it out, everybody. Um, okay, you ready for some questions? I am. Uh, we have, uh, let's see here, Lisa, Lisa Ann. Says, my husband Glenn and I have been separated on and off for two years, mm-hmm. headed for divorce. Um, we are they're members of Celebration Church, and we're coming there for the conference. Yeah. And they've been praying for reconciliation and marriage. How would you coach Lisa Ann? They've been separated on and off for two years, and they're headed for divorce. How would you coach her right now? in next steps on how to deal with that situation? Well, first, we want to encourage you um, and just have you understand, just remind you that God can stand in the gap no, how, no matter how long, the, how big the gap is of your marriage and hold things together while you and your spouse hopefully are diligently and intentionally working on maybe your own issues of 
past or baggage that was created in the marriage and maybe even going through the 21-day total freedom Mm -hmm. so that when you do or if you do come back and want to work toward restoration or at least being co-parenting if if worst case scenario there's a divorce at least you can start to work on yourself uh, through that 21 day total freedom and getting healthy mm-hmm. getting healthy about who god says you are and being able to restore you know your inner peace and have an inner peace about moving forward mm-hmm. in whatever's going to happen and um, even when couples are separated you know when jimmy talks about constructive separation there are many things that couples can do during that time to honor god to honor their covenant um, and then make healthier decisions when you come back about making a major life decision like that mm-hmm. that's good okay good um, <clears throat> we'll hang in there guys and yes, uh, make sure you if you do want to check out operation hope i mean teresa and them do uh, Skype session, so be be sure to check that out if that's something. But come see us in EXO conference in Jacksonville as well, and we would love to have you there. That's one of the things that could help really, truly in that environment at the EXO conferences. The Holy Spirit's there, yes. and mm-hmm. we've heard, and we just heard it in South Carolina. You know, men were coming in, going, ah, "My wife dragged me to this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here." Mm-mm. And then they just sort of get in this moment where they go. This isn't so bad. Yep. Yeah. I didn't realize. Transformation. I kind of like this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and it's easy to understand it. And you know, I'm not the I'm not the bad guy. Right. You know, I can we can kind of talk about this now. Mm-hmm. And you're not a, alone. You're not alone. Not alone. And mm-hmm. uh, so, anyway, good stuff. Okay. Hey, Rebecca. We are looking at Rebecca's question here. My husband and I are coming up to one year since an indecent relationship occurred. Rather than me feeling down on those specific dates, what can we do to turn our, our, mostly my attention, to our God-restored relationship? I find that I am always dreading the months of May through July. Great question, Rebecca. Mm. So there was uh, something... Indecent relationship about a year ago. Okay. And I think during that time period now mm-hmm. when there's a... Anniversary. Anniversary were, yeah, of that they event. were restored, but mm-hmm. it's just difficult to there's, deal with it. Yeah, yes. there's toxic emotions there. Um, I just, uh, I, the, the enemy wants us to remember those months. The enemy wants us to remember that day and time that it happened. And j- I just want to remind you that, you know, um, forgiveness is important when you've experienced that in your marriage and being able to understand that once we give forgiveness, then it's time to move forward. Um, There is a grieving process when things like that happen, and I hope there's been work in that area done. But I would just encourage you to surrender those anniversaries and dates and months and time because the enemy wants us to remember so he can bring up that 2% thing that happened in our relationship and make it 100% of what we're experiencing in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Because there's many blessings that we can choose to focus on, even though we've had a painful experience. I just, again, I encourage you to surrender that and, and move forward like God does when he gives us, um, when he forgives us. He's forgotten it. It's over. Mm-hmm. Talk about forgetting versus forgiveness because those are two different things yeah. and how that looks. Because, I mean, it's, I mean, I would think that it would be almost impossible to forget yes. things. And, they, and there's triggers that happen. There's triggers. The forgiveness is a little bit different there. So talk about how you know, this, this situation, how she can kind of even work around the forgetting side, mm-hmm. but work towards the forgiveness. Yeah. So the for, forgetting side is that that's important that you're intentional about going through the grieving process because going through those stages, you can allow yourself to have the real emotions um, while at the same time getting help for each of you so that there's not that personalization because again, you're not each other's enemies. Um, the enemy wants to make us um, fight with one another when it comes to these issues, and we just encourage couples to understand that this has happened. How do we get out of this? 
um, how do we move forward? And um, the forgiveness part is, you know, just understanding that, think about everything that we've done. We're all sinners in need of a Savior, and He forgives us, and so we forgive others. But at the same time, it's still painful. That's why it's important to be intentional about going through the five stages of grief and allowing yourself to get through it. Mm-hmm. What's a good resource for that, uh, for them? talking about the five stages of grief. Uh, Kubler-Ross wrote uh, on the five stages of grief, it's bargaining, denial, anger, sadness, and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And being able to, you can just Google uh, Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief and make sure that you've taken yourself through that. Don't deny yourself the grieving process because that's when the forgetting is harder Mm -hmm. because you've not allowed yourself to go through it emotionally. And a lot of times the perpetrator of a situation, um, they're not the ones to help you go through that grieving process. Your husband may not be the one that's either safe or able or capable to Mm -hmm. take you through that process. So Mm -hmm. I'd encourage you not to personalize that if if he or she can't do that, but at the same time, be intentional about going through that process. We have another question coming in from Michelle on Facebook. She says, how long should it take to forgive your spouse for cheating? What's a good process for that? Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, Forgiveness, you know, again, that, that for me, um, unconditional love and just being able to forgive should be an automatic thing for us because that's what he does for us as well. Uh, again, it's the harder part is the, is the, is the forgetting. Mm-hmm. But the time, the length of time really, it, it would seem that it would be difficult to set a watch to the time process. Absolutely. But, but is there a general time frame? You know, is it, you know, I, I feel like people in those situations need time to yes. heal. Yes. And the more time, the better, mm-hmm. unless they're not doing things and doing that time yes. to be productive and be proactive towards healing, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously uh, the enemy can come in and create bitterness and, you know, uh, a lot of animosity towards your spouse that just grows and festers. Yes. If you're not dealing with forgiveness the right way. But just in the t- context of the question, because I know mm-hmm. a lot of women or men that have been right. in that situation of infidelity, they feel like, when's this ever going to get better? Get better. Um, I think... Um, again, when you are able to have healthy emotional intimacy and being able to walk through as a couple when something like this has happened is key because for many people, if I can just talk it out, if I can just ask questions and I can just get answers, then that a lot of people believe that that's a, a way that, that you can walk through it successfully and get to forgiveness sooner. Mm-hmm. However, that's that's one of the main reasons couples come to us is they don't know how to have emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to speak on a heart-to-heart level. They're speaking cognitively to one another and arguing about facts. And that, again, will trigger you to get back into... Um, feeling unsafe and insecure in the relationship if you don't have the ability to have emotional intimacy because when we're starting to work with couples who have experienced emotional um, have experienced infidelity we have to first teach them how to have a heart-to-heart communication Mm. so that you don't personalize it every time I have a question because something's triggered you know, what happened for you to be able to just be able to be a safe person. I can say something to, I can ask a question and you'll love me through it. And you won't personalize it as if I'm bringing it up again and, and mm-hmm. throwing you under the bus or blaming or shaming you. Mm-hmm. Right. Good okay, good. Hey, Facebook live. We're talking to you right now. We're answering your questions. Uh, if we've asked your questions on the podcast today, you can send an email to podcast at exomarriage.com to let us know your name and your address, and we will send you uh, some swag and some product. And for those that are, um, have questions uh, specifically, we've asked 
answered about infidelity and cheating and that sort of thing, we'll also send you one of our 21-day devotionals. I think I believe it'll bless your marriage and really mm-hmm. help. Okay, uh, another question here. All these are about infidelity. Oh. <laughs> Amber, um, are you okay with that? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Amber says, uh, how do you handle a husband-wife who admits their infidelity and is clearly upset and feels horrible about it, but he, she won't cut off the relationship or come home? What do you do? Mm. <clears throat> so the, the spouse admits they're in an, in an affair, but they don't want to come home? Mm-hmm. Seems they like feel bad about they're it. Remorseful, they're, they're in, yeah, they're remorseful, but they don't want to do anything about it. Mm. They don't cut the, cut the relationship off. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I I question the remorsefulness only because of the not surrendering to what's going on and still being in an act that active relationship. It's hard to to trust that information. Um, um, unfortunately, we can't change other people. We can only change what we do moving forward. So I would just make sure that, you know, if it's the wife or the husband that's um, alone right now is to make sure that you get support around you. Um, Mm -hmm. Make sure you are surrounding yourself around godly people that can support you Mm -hmm. right now. That's part of the second. The second part of that question was how did that how do we as friends help them Mm -hmm. or help that spouse through that situation? Is there anything to be that godly support? How do you involve yourself in that situation appropriately? Um, Just. um, turning your focus away from horizontal relationship at this time because there's danger there right now and going vertical and starting to increase your intimacy with him in any way we we can do that encouraging them with the promises of god and just being Mm -hmm. um more focused on building the intimacy with him um, and understanding that someone's gone astray and that's from their own brokenness and they've got to work that out so we have to take our eyes off of them and uh start getting messages downloaded to us, reminding ourselves about who, how God sees us so we can start to feel better about us moving forward. That's good. Good. Stuff. I'll try to shift gears a little bit and get away from that topic. Okay. Uh, this is from Lacey. She says, after 19 years of marriage, I'm always the one having to say sorry. I'm always the wrong one. I'm always the one that has to make things right. Honestly, it's getting a little tiresome at this point. Mm-hmm. How does she, uh, you know, I think probably in, that's in those situations where they're like that, she needs to figure out how to um, get a little more tough and uh, thick-skinned maybe. Uh, maybe she's giving in too soon and mm-hmm. um, or maybe just her husband is uh, being too... Uh, some people fight different mm-hmm. and some people want to create a cold war yes. and other people want to you know resolve it. So they'll just say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. whatever I have to do. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and, and I don't know the f- uh, uh, fullness of their story, but... Uh, number one, I'm proud of you for being able to have the humbleness about you to apologize, but I can understand how frustrating that must be if you're the only one that's that's doing it. So um, with couples, we talk about the importance of being able to share from an emotional level what it's like to always be that one. So I would encourage you to be in touch with what are you feeling based on having to always apologize? Is that frustration? Is that anger? Is that loneliness? Is that mistrust? Whatever it is, and being able to share that you're feeling it because of what you're believing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're believing that um, you really are always wrong. I don't know if you're believing that um, your husband's incapable of apologizing. I don't know what your husband thinks about apologizing. But again, that's that's being able to communicate on that heart-to-heart level versus just going in the room and, and, and constantly talking about, you know, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry. Being able to go a little deeper and say, 
I say I'm sorry. I'm sorry means this to me. What does I'm sorry mean to you? Having a a conversation about apologizing, what what does that mean to each of you? Because there could be a negative belief system in place as it pertains to both of them uh, around apology. Mm -hmm. So we would want to address that with them in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't give up. I think that's um, that's a tough situation because you always feel like you're the one that has to give in yep. in order to create, create peace. And mm-hmm. there are peacemakers out there that that's just there. In my wife and I's relationship, I'm definitely the one that wants to just resolve it fast. I have to give her time mm-hmm. to kind of go through the process of emotions. Right. And, um, you know, it was on Valentine's Day this year that I did something stupid and we got in a big fight. And so we've, after 20 years of marriage, we don't have a perfect marriage. We still fight every once in a while. But, you know, on that day, we had to go through a process where, you know, I said I was sorry. Uh, there were some unmet expectations there. I said, oh, sorry. I let her have her time to mm-hmm. sort of just process it. And then at some point, you know, we resolve it in a healthy way. But uh, the very first couple years of our marriage, oh, my gosh, it was it was difficult mm-hmm. because I was mm-hmm. so pushy on her to be like, let's just talk about it. Let's get it over with. Let's, let's resolve it. And she was like, I don't want to talk to you at all. Like, mm-hmm. leave me alone. <laughs> uh, so we had, you know, just days where there would be like, it was like a cold war. And then, you know, I just had to learn how to give her space. She had to learn how to, you know, understand that I wanted to resolve it a little faster than she did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we had to give, give each other some, that's what couples should do. They should work to understand one another and not just make it all their way. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he's a dominant spouse, he's going to be the one. That's the way my dad was. He always says it. He was a jerk. He could just make my mom feel terrible. Yes, my mom was always apologizing. Mm-hmm. So I understand that that can happen. Uh, okay, good questions on Facebook. Are you okay for any more? Yeah, I, I just wanted to finish that out, too. Sometimes we say, I'm sorry, so we can avoid the conflict, too. And sometimes conflict is good. Mm-hmm. And if we're just saying we're sorry, like you said, to keep the peace and shut down the conversation, that can be unhealthy, too. So I encourage you to wait, maybe wait a little bit longer and see what happens, not from a standpoint of wanting to fact fight or get in an escalated argument, but just mm-hmm. be able to allow the environment to do what it will and being able to open up a new conversation maybe for the first time. Mm, That's good. Uh, Good question from Melissa. Um, We have been going through fertility treatments for five years and just experienced our third miscarriage. How do we keep our marriage strong through all of this heartache? So sorry, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, Again, just being able to have those heart-to-heart communications and allowing a safe environment so that whatever each of you are experiencing as it pertains to infertility and miscarriages, being able to be each other's champion. You know, so many times when we go through that, um, we don't know what to say to each other and we don't know all the answers and we're not sometimes we're incapable of healing one another, but sometimes the best medicine is just knowing that I can come to you and I can just say today, I'm not trusting anyone, or today it's been a really sad day, or today, you know, um, I'm grateful that, you know, maybe we've got another chance at this. Just being able to share those raw, authentic emotions with one another. Um, So I just encourage you both to continue to provide an environment that says, you can tell me anything. I might not have the right answer. I might not say the right thing. But just being able to get it out, I Mm -hmm. think, is really important. Mm -hmm. The loss of a child, and I know the miscarriage, it's the same emotion of of, Mm -hmm. of loss. Uh, Oftentimes that can create sort of a mixed bag of emotions for couples because they want to connect, Mm -hmm. but that grief that um, that loss sometimes impedes their ability to have intimacy right how do they 
kind of move through that, especially with the stress. Because sometimes when you're dealing with fertility issues, you feel like you're on an island yes. and you're just doing all this stuff by yourself and mm-hmm. nobody really understands the emotion of it. And then when you go through a miscarriage, people really don't understand the emotion of that unless they've gone through it. Right. So for them, I know they can feel like they're isolated. Mm-hmm. They're, they're alone. They don't know how to deal with this. They can't comfort one another. Right. Because they don't have all the, the right ingredients to comfort one another. So mm-hmm. coach them on how they can um, see some hope and see some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, it's important to surround yourself around people that are familiar with this and have been through it. I mean, reach out to um, support groups if you can or some, in your church if there's if there's groups there as well. And being able to surround yourself around people who do understand, who have been, who've walked this before. Mm-hmm. Um, um, gosh, that's a tough one. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and fertility. I mean, um, Stephanie and I, we were... Our daughter Kay took us four years to get pregnant the first mm-hmm. time, and we had some seasons where, uh, you know, there was disappointments. And um, it, people who don't understand it, you know, um, uh, fertility issues are defined as trying for a full year without yes. getting pregnant, right? Yes. So we had friends that said, "Hey, we're going to try to start having babies in September," and they got pregnant in September. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people just have, you know, sort of that, you know, whatever it is that they can say when they want to get pregnant, and they just go ahead and do that. But mm-hmm. for some people, that really we struggled with it. Um, and did all the testing and treatments and all that sort of thing. And I would say that sex intimacy became a job and it didn't. Right. And then whenever you try so mm-hmm. hard every month to get pregnant and there's disappointment every month. Right. Um, because, you know, obviously a woman's cycle is very predictable and, and you're waiting for that time of the month to see if they're pregnant and then it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Then you do get pregnant and then you lose the baby. The emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. and the stress on the relationship is not to be taken lightly. So we understand. I totally understand mm-hmm. where they're mm-hmm. coming from. Um, I, I feel like in, like in that environment, before we got pregnant the first time, then it took another three years for our second baby. Is that you know until you're finally past that point in time, right. it feels so hopeless. Mm-hmm. But uh, you just don't know what you can do anymore. Exactly. Like you're trying so hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to the doctor. You're doing all these things. You don't know what to do. So my encouragement to you is just hang in there. God can do anything. God really does miracles. And in this time, please find a pastor or a friend that can kind of help you guys yes. um, move through this process with some support. Because there are some times and some things that y'all cannot discuss together. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all just don't have all the right ingredients to to be able to minister to one another in this time of grief. So, so find somebody that yeah. you can talk to about it. Thank and you I know when I was that. going through that too, um, several years of infertility and, um, I, we just had to take our focus off of, of what we wanted so desperately and trust him and knowing that there is a plan. Mm-hmm. He has a plan. We don't know what it is. And sometimes that's so hard when we're grieving because we want this family or child. And so again, just being able to put your trust in him and being, um, knowing that he's all knowing and all faithful, and he's going to make he's going to make it for uh, make it good. Good. Mm-hmm. One more question. Yes. From Nikki, uh, what types of boundaries help with issues with ex spouses in a blended family, and what is the best way to apply them? They have struggled with how to protect our, their marriage without offending ex spouses and causing co parent tension. It's very common these days. Blended family situations are so complicated and mm-hmm. so common. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I love the book that Jimmy wrote on blended families, too. I encourage you to get that resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding that your your marriage is the priority and being able to have that communication again that talks about what is going on with that other family and, and what are the dynamics and being able to have healthy boundaries with them. 
Um, and sometimes we can't do that on our own. We need to reach out to uh, experts that are um, wise, can give wise counsel in the area of blended families and being able to understand that um, it's a new marriage, but uh, there's there's par- other parents involved and there's other kids involved. And um, gosh, I, I think about the kids so much when I hear these stories because um, like the attorney that we had, he mm-hmm. talked about when we're throwing arrows at each other and if it's ex-spouses and the other family too, it's, it's passing through the heart of the kids. So mm-hmm. really take that into consideration when you're um, making decisions about mm-hmm. the other family. Yeah, when you have kids with somebody and they become your ex-spouse mm-hmm. you're with them for life for life and yep. um communication i've heard stories of people who have great relationships with their ex-spouses but mm-hmm. then there is a um an opportunity for an ex-spouse to create misery in your life Absolutely. if they want to yes and uh just just through either hurting harming the kids you know a lot of yes. times they they do things to harm the kids mm-hmm to get back with their spouse. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. They go to the opposite extreme. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. With rules and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, sort of, they want to exert themselves in that, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hang in there. I would say that, you know, communication, the blending families resource that we have is excellent. Excellent. It's, it's actually taught by, uh, it's couples that have a blended family sharing their stories mm-hmm. about how to deal with ex-spouses and that's on our website. Uh, you can check it out. Um, Teresa's got so much wisdom. Thanks for joining us on the She's podcast the today. Yeah, no, seriously. Glad to be here. <laughs> it really is good stuff. I, and those are heavy questions. Well, yeah, gosh. But that's why you're here. You you field, I know some of the situations that y'all deal with are heavy, um, but you're extremely gifted at dealing with those situations yeah. and questions. A lot of great information today. Well, my heart is so tender now. I want to love on each one of those people that ask those questions just to make sure they have clarity too. Um, so certainly reach out to Teresa at marriagetoday.com. If I can follow up with you personally um, on some of your questions, I'd be happy to do that as well. Or go check out our Operation Hope page uh, at marriagetoday.com, and uh, you can find out information on how to do a session with Teresa and her team, mm-hmm. and they're really great at that. If we've asked your question today on Facebook, you can email us at podcast at marriage. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> podcast at exomarriage.com. And uh, we will make sure you send your name and your address, and we will send you some resources for being a part of the podcast today. We thank you so much. We love it. We love talking about marriage and helping people in marriage. Every week we're going to be doing this. So next week we'll be doing the live Facebook again, the podcast, Tuesdays around 1.30, 2 o'clock on Tuesdays. And these all get posted on Thursdays mm-hmm. on our all of our channels and feeds. So please subscribe. Tell your friends about it. It's an easy way to share something about one or Some of the topics we talked about today are difficult topics to address. And uh, some of your friends or family might have these issues. And just sharing a link to the podcast. ExoMarriage.com. Lisa Ann's asking where to find it. You can get everything on ExoMarriage.com. Click podcast. Thanks, everyone, for being part of the podcast today. Please check out the uh, tour schedule. You can see us us live at Jacksonville, Florida, Houston, Texas, ExoMarriage.com. We love everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 